Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Wow. Thank you, Father. I'm talking about when God is at home in his church this morning. How many people know that when God comes, it changes everything? How many people know that God is supposed to come to church? How many people know that God is the guest of honor? Listen, this is his house. I got one hearty amen. The, the church is God's house. It is the house of God, that he's the owner, that it's his house, it's his ways, and truly that we are the guests in his house. But if it's his house, number one, he should be at home in his house. When God comes to church, everything changes. Listen, anywhere God shows up, everything changes. Amen? When God shows up on outreach, everything changes. But God should be at home with his sons and daughters in his house. And we should be at home having God present in his house. Father, we love your presence. Let's just pray. We love your presence, God. We thank you, God, for the more. We thank you for coming. Come and keep on coming. We thank you for surprising us in your goodness even this morning, God. Yeah, we thank you for your grace overflowing. We just endeavor to continue to make room for you. Thank you, Father. Come and do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. More than we can ask, think, or imagine. I was just in Alabama last weekend doing a conference, an amazing time. Uh, Stephanie Gretzinger, um, Danny Silk, uh, Meredith Malden, and, and it was an amazing time. Great, great conference. It was the overwhelming presence of God. Like being, we sang about being caught up in his goodness, like we were caught up in his goodness. It kind of it felt very similar to camp meetings we had here a few weeks before that, like we just got caught up in his goodness. And man, my, you've heard me say it before, my idea of a perfect service is when God shows up in such a way, there's nothing left to say. God is just here. You know, we were, we were on that doorstep there. And, you know, a lot of times we go after the miraculous, we go after healing in, in these settings, and, and uh, God, God does amazing things, but how many people know God touches the body to get to the heart? <laughs> signs and wonders, listen, God releases signs that bring us into awe and wonder. But when you start in awe and wonder, that's what it felt like. Like, we just got caught up, and people were getting healed, but there was, no one was having to give words of knowledge or laying hands on him because he was there. Come on, Jesus. You should be more excited about the presence of God than that. 
I'm just saying. But more than we could ask, think, or imagine. We went to lunch with the team one, one afternoon at the conference, and uh, we were sitting there at the table, and uh, a gentleman came in with a, a brace on his uh, shoulder that went on the outside of his clothes and uh, came in with this big brace. And I saw him walk in, and uh, we were actually ordering to tell the waitress at our table. And I thought to myself, man, I'm gonna, I want to pray for that guy before we leave. And so he goes and sits down. He had two gro- his two grown sons with him. They go and sit down, and we're eating and fellowshipping and talking. And, uh, and you know, we get up to leave at the end, and I had actually forgotten about it. So we get out in the parking lot, and I had my, my nine-year-old son, Asher, with me and the team. So we're out in the parking lot, head towards the car, and then I went, oh, that guy, I was supposed to pray for him. So I said, Asher, come with me. And the team was already headed to the car, and so I knew I just had a second, right? I was just like, oh, we got to go back to the next session and, uh, you know, or whatever we were headed to. And I, and I was like, oh, I just got a second, but I, but I wanted to pray for this guy. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. So we went back in, and I just went up to the table and said, hey, excuse me. Um, you know, I love Jesus, and I see him heal people all the time. I know it's your brace. Can I pray for you real quick? And he's like, okay, that would be all right. And so, you know, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, just, I just prayed a quick prayer. That's the point. <laughs> I prayed a quick prayer. Holy Spirit, come. And I didn't have time to do the, like, you know, take your brace off, check it out, all that. I just, but on my way back in, I said, God, I only have a second. Do more than I could think or imagine. Like silent in my heart. And I went in and I, and I prayed for him. He let me pray. And, you know, but kind of one of those, like, he, he's doing me a favor to let me pray. But I prayed and I, and I said, hey, bless you. And I told him, hey, you know, this is where the church is, just two blocks away. And one of his grown sons said, what's the name of that church? And I said, Oak City. He said, oh, I, I know that church. I was the plumber when they, they just bought the building two years ago. I, said, I was the plumber that did all their plumbing work when they bought the building. I said, awesome. I said, show up. Come. If something good happens, show up. Well, I never saw them again. But, a, but there was a lady who was attending the conference who was also at the restaurant who I didn't know was there. I didn't see her. And, uh, but she was there, and she came to the conference with nerve damage in her neck, and it went down through her shoulder and into her arm, and it caused pain, caused uh, some like uh, numbness, and it, it, the nerves were damaged to the, to the point where it would twitch. Um, her arm would twitch uncontrollably at times. And she saw me pray for that other gentleman, and when I put my hands and released the presence on him, she got healed. God, God is better than we think, and he's in the business of surprising us. Yeah, so Father, I thank you for even what you're doing right now. I think I, the, the left ear is just highlighted. I thank you for tinnitus disappearing, ringing in the ears. Thank you, Father. Uh, the, the, the right hip um, but it's, it's kind of the upper top part of the hip, and particularly when you try to lift your knee up like that, it gives you complication, but God is restoring that right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah, I see Jesus canceling out what the doctor, what the doctor has, uh, has said that Dr. Jesus says otherwise. Jesus, I thank you for canceling surgeries and arthritis right now. How many people believe that we're in the presence of God right now? 
Father, I thank you that arthritis is disappearing now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you through bodies. Your presence is going now. And arthritis is fleeing bodies in Jesus' name. Out of joints, Father, in Jesus' name. Out of hands, I thank you for your grace and your goodness in Jesus' name. Yeah, whew, more. Thank you, Father. Yeah, tonight is go. Ha-ha. His word never returns void. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your kindness, God. Thank you, Father. More. God, we want you to come, and we want you to keep on coming. Don't stop coming. Father, we want you to be at home in your house, God. We want you to be comfortable. We want you to be welcome. We want to make room for you. Thank you, Father. How many people know that God wants his children back? <laughs> that we didn't, we didn't first die to be with him. He first died to be with us. He paid the ultimate price to be with us because he wants to be with us. How many people know that God wants to be with us more than we even want him to be with us? Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know the measure that we believe that God wants to be here in our corporate gathering, in our, in our midst? The measure that we believe God wants to be here will determine how much of God we get to experience How many people know you don't have to twist God's arm to come and get him to do what's already on his heart to do? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He's just looking for a place to land where he is welcome and invited. He's doing a work in our hearts. He's preparing us for something. I believe that there is, that we are on a season of really pronounced increase in awareness of his goodness. There's a shift. I mentioned the camp meeting. There is a shift. Listen, when you don't have to stir people's hunger and faith to get into that realm of awe and wonder, when it's just there waiting for you, something has shifted. <laughs> and there's more to come. God is asking us to be ready to get ready, to stay ready. Thank you, Father. At home in his presence. He's getting his bride prepared to be at home in his presence. Listen, where, where visitation isn't a momentary thing. It's a lifestyle. The habitation of his presence and his goodness. Thank you, Jesus. You know, in the Old Testament, the, the temple, the temple or the tabernacle of God is where they would come to worship, to worship God, to worship the Father. But what is what is the temple? It is a place of worship, but first it is the place of God's dwelling. 
It's a place, look, and many religions have temples, right? And they're designed for their deity to dwell there. But I saw this great post, this great reminder just the other day. It said there's over 4,000 religions in the world, but there's only one empty tomb. Come on, there's lots of temples, but there's only one God inhabiting. There's only one true living God in whom we worship, in whom has set us free, who has saved our souls. Come on, thank you, Jesus. The the temple is where God dwells, and therefore it is a place of worship. But it is the dwelling place of God, the home, the inhabitant of God. In the Old Testament, God dwells in the, in the temple, the tent of Moses, or, or the temple brick and mortar, but how many people know in the New Testament, it's not brick and mortar any longer, it's you and I, that we are living stones, <laughs> that we are living stones brought together for the house of God, and if God was going to dwell in the Old In the old covenant, in the temple, in the lesser covenant, how much more does he want to dwell in his temple in the greater covenant? Listen, how much do we expect God to be here when we come to church on a Sunday? Well, we got quiet on that point. How much do we expect God to be here when we come in? You remember the, the, the tabernacle of old, you got the outer court, you're tracking most of you like the inner court, and then you got the holy of holies, where the presence of God dwell. Listen, only the high priest could go in once a year, and he had to have a rope tied around his ankles and bells on his tassel just in case he died in the presence. Listen, they would pu- have to pull him out by a rope. I don't know about you, but that's called fear and trembling. Listen, you don't go into that setting casually. Listen, no one's on their phone walking into the Holy of Holies. Whoa, what, what, oh, what time? Oh, am I late? We started 10 minutes? No, that's not how it happens. Huh. <laughs> and that is the lesser covenant. Thank you, Jesus. The greater covenant. How much more does God want to be with his people? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. How many people know that when you were born again, You became a new creation, not just a dusted off, polished off version of your old self. You became new as in something that never existed before. That new thing that you became was the temple of God, both individually and corporately. Let me read some verses. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, don't you know? That you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you. 
It starts with, don't you know? Because Paul is trying to stir up an awakening, a light bulb moment, an aha moment. Oh, that's right. I'm reminded of this new creation, of why, what I've been born again into. Don't you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Thank you, Jesus. The context is is immorality and unrighteousness, but we were bought with a price. We became new creations. 2 Corinthians 6.16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them. And listen, I will make my dwelling among them. And walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Just want to I want us to hear that again. Leviticus 26 9 through 12 and other places, but this is referencing those promises that when we begin to live like we've been bought, when we begin to live like our bodies are not our own, I belong to another, one whose ways are higher than our ways. When I belong to another and I have a purpose, and my purpose is for a dwelling of his presence so that his goodness can be displayed on the earth. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It is the lady at Walmart who's getting her vision back. who when her, her eyesight is being healed, right, and you say, do you want to know Jesus? The response is, yes, of course. How can I not after this? The goodness. When he comes, everything changes. Thank you, Jesus. Again, as God said, I will make my dwelling among you. Just visualize. I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I can just, there's a sweet fragrance, incense on that promise. Thank you, Jesus. That we are corporately, the dwelling place of God, that we individually, when we come together, how many people know that that individual people who are temples of the Holy Spirit, temples of God, who worship at home, who love God at home, who receive his love at home, who share his love like fountains of his goodness wherever they go, listen, when those people come together, what should happen? (laughs) 
Listen, what if, <laughs> what if church wasn't the cake pan? What if it was the icing on the cake? What if we didn't come to church going, okay, God, I'm empty. Fill me again this week. God, I put your ingredients. No, what if we came full, <laughs> full up, bubbling, overflowing, and we try to squeeze in the same building together? I got so much glory that I run into you at the door, and you got so much glory, you're like, oh, no, you go first. <laughs> I just stumbled over your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Some people, you think, <laughs> what if I'm not joking? <laughs> Listen, it's okay for you to carry so much of his presence that when you walk by, people get healed. That people fall out in the spirit. <laughs> Listen, the stories, Catherine Kuhlman, she'd be doing a meeting in a hotel. They would exit her out of the kitchen because of the crowds that were waiting for her. They'd take her out through the kitchen of the hotel, and the kitchen staff would fall out in the spirit. Listen, you remember the story. A lady came to church the first time sitting on the front row behind me, bad neck, uh, neck from an accident, right? And she's just sitting behind me. She gets healed. But that's for you too. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know, have you ever had someone, you're just near them, right? But you like been in the presence, and you're like near them, and they start to chuckle? You're not even, you're not even aware of that moment. You're like, you're like in line at the coffee shop, right? You're in the elevator, and you're just like, you're just, but you've been with him. And the other person, like, they don't even know what they're feeling. They just know they're feeling it. Oh, yeah. You should try it. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Father. <sighs> Ephesians 2, we all being built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief storner, chief cornerstone, are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. The house of God. 1 Timothy 3.15, but if I am delayed, Paul writing, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. God should feel at home in his church. He is the head, and we are the body. He's the head, and we're the body. The head and the body should be in synergy. They should be in alignment. Listen, I don't know. I, <laughs> I played a lot of sports. I played football. I've had a few concussions. 
I don't know if you've ever had this experience where your head and your body were not in alignment. It is not a good feeling. When you're like, arm do this and it doesn't do it. <laughs> Listen, it's not a good feeling. Sometimes I think that's how God feels. In his body. But the good news is that we're growing. And we're growing by grace. We're not perfected in our works. We're perfected in the beauty of his grace and his goodness. When God comes home, everything changes. Thank you, Father. What's tolerated before isn't tolerated anymore. Come on, Jesus. I had a funny picture. How many people have seen, you know, the National, National Geographics, you know, the savannah, the you know, the lions in the desert, and and hyenas. You know, they gang up on on one or two of the female lions. And listen, female lions are fierce in their own right. No single hyena is going to attack a, a female lion, right? But they get ten or twelve of them, and they're attacking these lions, right? And the females are fighting for their life, and the hyenas are winning until dad comes home. You know the scene I'm talking about? The dad comes running in with the mane flying and big old muscles, and the hyenas scatter. Right? When the king comes home. Listen, listen, those pesty things that have been gnawing at you, nagging at you, biting at you, those things that you can't shake loose, you can't get free of, those things disappear when the king comes home. Everything changes. Thank you, Father. When he, this, he's growing our sense as sons and daughters, being comfortable in his presence. You know, we always want more, but I believe contentment is a sign of spiritual maturity. Thank you, Lord. Somebody got it. <laughs> when you're at home in his presence, listen, religion teaches you that maybe every once in a while, sometimes, if you're good enough, you might touch this thing at the right moment, the right place, if the worship team is playing the right song, and maybe I'll touch it and then... Three years later, I'll touch it again. That's not what God died for. That's not what our good father paid the ultimate price for. He doesn't want to be with us some of the time. When his bride gets comfortable in the presence of the bridegroom, you know, right now, you, you've heard we have, um, <clears throat> you know, we had some pipes burst in our house, and 
It was pretty bad, so half our house was ripped out, and we're staying in Airbnbs, you know, for the season, and, you know, there's that longing after a while to just get home, to get back to what is comfortable and familiar. You know, you've been gone, and you're like, I just want my things. I want my bed. I want my stuff. I want, I want to be home. And you walk in. You've been gone for a while, especially if you're detained, right? Longer than you thought, longer than you expected. You're like, you just get home, and it's like, oh. There's that sense of peace comes over you because you're at home. Now, listen. Do you get that sense when you come to his word? Come on, because you're at home. We should have that feeling when we come to his word. Listen, Tiffany, just she read the whole Bible in 30 days. This side of the room is not impressed. I don't know. I, I, I love the word, but man, that's, that's convicting. <clears throat> the whole Bible in 30 days, and then she did it again, then she brought more friends to do it. And what happened? Things are transforming in their life. But I tell you what, when she opens that word at this point, I guarantee she feels more at home now than she did before. Ah, this is my safe place. This is my sweet spot. This is where I commune with the Father. Thank you, Jesus. When we come into prayer, do we have that experience? When we come into worship, do we have that experience? Holiness brings conviction, not condemnation. Conviction is an invitation. Listen, condemnation is an extension of the pit of hell. Conviction is an invitation from heaven to step into more. Listen, when we hear testimonies of, of his goodness, we hear T- Tiffany saying, I read the whole Bible in 30 days. That shouldn't release condemnation. Oh, I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew I couldn't measure up. No, conviction is, wow, I can have more too. Thank you, Jesus. Preparation invites the manifestation. We're ending here. Can I get the team to come back up? Preparation invites the manifestation. How do we how do we prepare to come to church? Do we prepare to come to church? Listen, listen, and I don't mean like we cut to the building, the walls. I mean coming to the corporate expression of worship to be in his presence. Do we come with an awareness that I am coming to be in his presence? That I have a purpose on my life. That I was that I was created again, born again to be a dwelling place for him. And do I come prepared in my heart? Do I come prepared in prayer in the word in worship? Listen, I love we got more and more people showing up early to service, 
before we start, five minutes of prayer and going for it, thank you for coming. You're preparing the soil of your heart, and you're also preparing the ground for others. Come on, Saturday nights, prayer and worship, they're on fire. Listen, if you have a chance to come, you should come. 60, 80 people just going for it, just opening up heaven, and we're praying for Sunday mornings, we're praying for the city, we're praying for other churches in the city. We're just inviting God to come and be at home in his body. Thank you, Father. Psalms 27. David, <laughs> this one thing I ask, this one thing I desire, that I could dwell in your temple all the days of my life and inquire of your sanctuary. And God speaks to his heart in this, and he says, when you said, seek my face, my heart responded to you and said, Lord, your face I will seek. Now David lived in the lesser covenant. David lived in the lesser covenant, but he had such a heart of pursuit that he actually reached over the barrier, reached over the hurdle, and began to access what was truly reserved for the saints of today. That he began to access a level of intimacy, a level of face-to-face, a level of awareness that God wanted to fill his temple, not just for one priest, one time a year, but for all of his worshipers, all of his sons and daughters. And David began to shift the narrative because of his hunger. And he did that out of a lesser covenant. (laughs) And here we are in the greater covenant. (laughs) Whoa. What do we have access to? In Ezekiel 39, he promises that he would no longer, listen, David accessed something that really wasn't even reserved for his time, but his hunger accessed it anyway. But God makes a promise in Ezekiel that I will no longer hide my face from them. There's open access, open invitation. He's preparing his bride. just to be comfortable in his presence. Thank you, Father. Yeah, we we just thank you for the stirring in our hearts. Thank you for what you're preparing. Thank you for what you're inviting us into, the more of your presence. God, I thank you for the awe and the wonder. Thank you, God, where tumors disappear, where paralyzed bodies begin to function. I thank you where mental illnesses begin to disappear. Come on, we've seen it all. If you want more of his presence, 
I just want to invite you to stand to your feet this morning. And we're going to release you in just a moment. In the presence of his goodness, where marriages are restored. Where people hear his voice. People step in to their identity. Thank you, Father. I feel like he's asking some this morning, who wants to put their hand to this plow? Who wants to gather around this, this campfire of his presence? Who is saying, I'm putting my hat in that ring? Those who say, I want to come prepared to host you, Father. I want you to be comfortable in your house and in your body. Come, Holy Spirit. It's his kindness or his goodness that not only leads us to repentance but reveals the more. And we're going to release you. But I feel like that there's some people who you just need a touch of his goodness. And I'm going to be up here to pray. And you just feel like, I want this. So, God, I'm opening my heart in a new way. Come and touch me and reveal to me all that you have, how near you are. And I will give you all that I have in return. If that's you, I just want to make some space up at the front. I'd like to pray for you and ask the, the touch of the goodness of the Father just to come upon you. So if that's you, just begin to make your way down. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.